Psalm 73 is one of my favorite psalms in the Bible. The psalms are songs uh, that, for the most part, they were songs and poems that were written for the people of Israel. A lot of them are written by or attributed to King David. Psalm 73 is one that was written by Asaph, a guy named Asaph. And I love this psalm. I remember years ago I ran across this, as I was in my devotional time, I read this song, and there is a, there is a verse in here that we're going to get to in a minute that, that changed my life. It changed the way I view God. It changed the way I view the world. It was super helpful to me in a confusing time in my life. And so for you today, I, I, re, I just really want the psalm to speak to you because you can relate. I promise you, you can relate to this psalm because this psalm is a picture of what, what happens and the process that the psalmist is going through. It's, it's so cool. It's like, a, it's like a picture of this transformation that happens in the, in the mind of the psalmist. As you read it from verse one all the way to the end, it's a picture of this guy wrestling with, grappling with a scenario where God just didn't make sense. And so he's, he sees the world around him, and that's, let's just call that his reality, and then he tries to match it up with, he tries to line it up with what he knows to be true. And the, the, a lot of times for us, the reason things are so confusing is because you, co- you go to church or you read the Bible or you, know, you, know, you remember what God says should happen and what God says is true, what God says is right, what God says is fair, whatever. And then you go to work on Monday and it doesn't line up. Can I get a what, what? That's like a cool way to say amen. So you, you, you hear a sermon, you're like, oh, yeah, God is good. And, and God, you know, he loves his people and all this stuff. And, and you're like, oh, that's great. And you sing songs and we worship God. And we're like, oh, yes, God, you're, you're so awesome. And, and I love you and you're great. And then, and some of you are like, it's not Monday morning. It's when I get in the minivan after the service. Then you're like, what is up with the reality that I'm living compared to what I just thought about and heard about and read about and sung about? Like these things don't match up. God, it seems like it's confusing to me when the truth is spoken like this in the word of God, but then in my experience, I'm dealing with cancer, divorce, relationships, teenagers, preteens, young kids, my spouse, and so you see what, what things are supposed to be like, but then you, you live a different quote-unquote reality. And that's exactly what Asaph, the good news is, if it's good news, is this is not something new. This is not something American. This isn't just something that happens to us. So right now, I want you to get in your mind, I want you to get in your head that thing, you probably already have it in your head, that thing that you're confused about, you're disappointed about, that's not meeting your expectation, you think the world should work a certain way, but it's working a different way, and it just doesn't match up with the truth in God's word. Because today, we're going to pull out of this psalm, we're going to pull out the truth about God, the truth about your enemies, and the truth about you. We're going to talk about these three things today when God is confusing, and it's from Psalm 73, it starts like this. We're reading from the NLT. Asaph says this, truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. Now right there, 
right there, that's the truth about God. The truth about God, I want you to just know this, the truth about God is that he is good to his people. And Asaph gets it, he says it, he starts off with this truth claim that is absolutely true, and then he goes on a tangent. So he says, I know this to be true, truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But, as for me, I almost lost my footing. And you'll see why now. He says, my feet were slipping and I was almost gone. And now again, I want to see if you can relate to this, if you've ever had this thought or this feeling before. He said, here's why. I'm going to read this to you. I just want you to listen. Verse 3, for I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. I remember thinking this when I thought I had cancer years ago, and I, I looked out there, and I, I remember I would watch TV, I would watch news, and he, everywhere I would turn, I felt like this. I was like, why doesn't that guy have cancer? I'm a better person than that guy. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace. They clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats, I love that. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens, and their words strut through the earth. I love that. What a picture. Their words strut through the earth. Not just they strut through the earth. Their words strut through the earth. The people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. And then, so here's a quote from the people. What does God know? Does the Most High even know what's going on? Have you ever thought that way about God? What does God know? Is he even listening? Does he even know what's going on? Why is this situation still happening? It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. He says this. Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. And yet he started with the truth about God. And here's that truth, is that he's always good to his people, but the truth is God is confusing when he doesn't act like we think he should, especially toward our enemies. My daughter can totally relate to this psalm right now. She went to she, she was a freshman in college last year. She goes to college, and she could have written this psalm as we counseled her over the phone for that first year. She's like, I don't get it. I'm trying to love Jesus. I'm trying to make the right choices. Everyone else is going out partying, getting drunk, and doing stuff. And she, I mean, real, seriously, she was like, did I, these almost were her words, word for word. Did I keep my heart pure for, month, for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I want to say to you, all you young people in here, it will pay off to honor God in your youth. It will pay off to honor God in your youth, but it won't look like it right now. She said to us on the phone, maybe I should just go party with all of them, and we're good parents. And so we said, you go do that. Let us know how it works out. She didn't, of course. It will pay off to be among God's people. It will pay off, but it won't look like it right now. And that can be so confusing because the truth about God is this first 
this first line, truly God is good to Israel or to his people. He's good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. That is a truth statement. It's just it doesn't have a time stamp on it. But it is a truth statement. And we see this, this psalmist wrestling with this as he lives in the world and he's trying to honor God. Please don't stop trying to honor God, young people and old people alike. And then he transitions on. In verse 15, he says this, and this is where he starts to talk a little bit about the truth about others. He said, if I had really spoken this way to others, so now it's almost like he's saying, now I'm writing this down, but I kept this to myself. You just got to see an inner dialogue right here. It says, if I had spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper in my own little mind. But what a difficult task that is, he says. And this is the verse I love. I love this verse. But then I went into your sanctuary, oh God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. I love that it took Asaph, in the process of his wrestling, it took him spending time with God to get him to understand why everything seemed so confusing. The truth about others is that God will deal with them in his way. Some of you just need to know that. The truth about others is that God is gonna deal with them in his way. The more time you spend with God, the more you'll understand the bigger picture. And that's what he's doing. So I didn't get it, I did not, you know, so basically the the picture is he's out in the world, he's he's out at school, he's out in the workplace, he's out in the world dealing with stuff, and it's so confusing out in the world. But as soon as he came into church, let's just say that for now, this isn't about going to church, but as soon as he came in and he put himself around God, and he, for me that would, it wouldn't just be, my, the sanctuary for me is I have a rock that I walk to almost every morning and I spend some time with God every morning there. I worship God and I spend as much time as I need there just to get right with God in me. And the more time I spend with God, just the more my heart rate goes down. The more time I spend with God, the more I start to see the bigger picture. And he was getting all wrapped up in the little details of what was going wrong in his life. And some of you, some of you, that's exactly where you are, is you're so focused on the the details of what's going wrong. You're so focused on what's happening that's that's not right, that doesn't make sense, that you're angry, you're wrestling with God, and he's not mad at you for wrestling with him. The psalmist always wrestled with God. It's not wrong to wrestle with God. The point is you're never going to have clarity until you spend a little time with God because when you spend some time with God, you start to see the bigger picture. You start to zoom out and you start to see just a little bit from his perspective. And then you can breathe. And that's been our answer to our daughter for this whole last year is just just hold on, just Keep going to God. You know, we want to solve it for her. We want to fix it for her. We want to give her, we want to, we want to somehow put a band-aid on it for her. And, and, and we realize that's not, the point is she needs to wrestle with God on this because it's not going to stop after college. This is just true everywhere you go. Folks, we live in a non-Christian society now. And so it is, this is going to be, this is just going to be how it is, is you're going to go out in the world and you're going to be operating in a God-honoring way and it's not always going to pay off in the short term. And so the answer isn't to stop honoring God. 
or operating in his way, the answer is to draw closer to God so that you can continue to see it from his perspective. He says, I went into your sanctuary of God and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked I love. He says it right here. Truly you put them on a slippery path. You see how he's changing now? He started by saying, I, my feet had almost slipped. I was almost gone. And now it's, you see this transition in his own mind. You put them on a slippery path. It doesn't look like it, but they're the ones on the slippery path and you sent them sliding over the cliff to destruction. I see a smile come over, coming over Asaph's lips now as he writes these words. In an instant they're destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. I love that line. I, I've, I had this, this dream one time that there was, a, there was someone holding a gun in our closet, pointing it at Tracy and I, and I woke up. I said, Tracy, get down, get down. She like wakes up. It's in the middle of the night. She wakes up. There's someone in the closet. He has a gun, and she is freaking out. And then I fell back asleep. <laughs> and she didn't. I see things. And I wake up in the morning and she tells me, I'm like, what did I do? She's like, you, do you seriously not remember any of that? I said, no. And I, I, I laugh at these silly ideas. I'm like, that is so funny. It's not true. Do you see what he's saying? It's not real. It's not, it looks real. Like, my, like the guy in the closet, it turns out it's just a shirt. It looks real, but it's not real. I think sometimes... We struggle with what is real and what is true because we, caught up, we get caught up in what's going on in the here and the now, right now, in this moment. But there's a bigger reality. And the more time you spend with God, the more you'll understand that bigger reality. And you'll see what is real and true and lasting, and you'll see what is fleeting. Sin for a season. And then I love it, and we're almost out of time, but i got to get to this last thing. So he, real, he starts with the truth about God. Then in the middle of it, he realizes the truth about others, especially wicked people, and this was the truth about them. And then he transitions into this last section in the psalm, and he says, and then, then, after spending some time with God, he said, I realized my heart was bitter. I realized I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. See, look what's happening. And again, I encourage you to read this and, and really read this a few times. This psalm, it's, it's just a beautiful picture of this inner turmoil. He starts, he starts by focusing on other people and what they're getting and what he's not getting. That's what he, his focus is on other people. He's focusing on other people. And then he spends some time with God and he starts focusing on God. And he realizes all of a sudden the truth about him, about himself. The truth about you is that you have your own problems. I mean, really, the truth of this whole psalm is God is good to the pure in heart. Well, none of us is pure in heart. I think that's sometimes how we, we go, why, why is all this stuff happening? I'm a better person than that person. We're like, barely. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, we're, the Bible says that we're all broken, he understands the truth about God, this like up here on the top shelf truth about God, but now he really gets the truth about others and he feels good about it that God's gonna deal with them with his wrath. And now at the end of the psalm, he's like, oh my goodness, I'm the moron. I was bitter. Bitterness is a sin. 
I was bitter, I was angry, I was upset. The truth about you is that you have your own problems and the solution to those problems, and I love this, the solution to those problems is nearness to God. And that's how he ends this psalm. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you, yet I still belong to you. And I love this because at the end here we see he starts to confess the truth about his relationship with a gracious God, not with a God who pays him back for his bitterness, like he's gonna pay the wicked back, but a God who is loving and kind and, and pours out his mercy and compassion on him. He says, I still belong to you. Look, it's not now about anything that's going on. As he finishes this song, it's not about anything that's going on around him. He says, I belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. You lead me into a glorious destiny, which is about the future. It's not just about the present. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. I eat treasures, which is what he'd been complaining about this whole time. I thought it was all about, this guy has money, I don't have money. This guy has, has health, I don't have health. I don't understand. And then at the end of it, none, none of his situation has changed. From beginning to end of the psalm, his situation hasn't changed one bit, not a single bit. The situation with his enemy hasn't even changed yet. But look, what, look what's changed. His heart has changed. And he says, all that stuff is rubbish. All that stuff doesn't matter. I desire you more than anything on earth. And he says, my health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, and look, but as for me, he says it again. He said it at the beginning of the psalm, and now he says it at the very end of the psalm. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter, And I will tell everyone about the wonderful things that you do. Friends, if you're here today and you say, God, it's so confusing. I don't understand. I look around. I look at the situations around me. I look at all the stuff that's going on around me, and it just doesn't make any sense. I want you to hear this. It is good to be near God. Don't look for the short, easy situational answer to whatever that thing is that's been confusing you or discouraging you. Don't look for that thing. Just just look for this whole situation to draw you nearer to the God who is good to his people. He's good to those who draw near to him. Your job is to draw near to him. As God is confusing, and it'll be confusing for the rest of our lives as long as we live, there are going to be times where we're we're like, it just doesn't make sense. And I pray that you'll turn to Psalm 73 in those times and say, God, just remind me one more time what I should do to draw near to you because that is my good.